I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, HBO swings for the fences once more with another big, ambitious series, and I dig it. I'll tell you about his dark materials. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun. The Korean film Parasite is expected to be an awards contender this year. I'll have a review. Plus, Star Wars comes out in December, but in November, it's The Streaming Wars. is a, a part of the trailer of the show Mandalorian, which is probably the biggest new thing that's about to launch on Disney+, Plus, which itself launches this Tuesday, November 12th, in the U.S., Canada, and the Netherlands. Now, it's a streaming service from Disney. Obviously, it's $7 a month in the U.S. It is $9 a month here in Canada. There's a $2 import fee, I guess. How do you get it? You can get it on your PC on just from the web browser. Apple devices have it. Apple TV, Android mobile devices, and Android TV. Chromecast, Roku, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, all all sorts of different ways. Uh, who knows what else going forward? I get Netflix through my cable service now. That might be an option for Disney Plus down the road. Maybe not right away as I don't think I've gotten a notice from my cable company saying they're doing that. But you never know. What do you get with it? All sorts of new stuff. I don't even want to list all that. Star Wars show. There's they got other Star Wars shows in the offing, right? Yeah. As far as we know. Yeah. And the, uh, the, the previously announced Marvel shows that those are coming too. That's obviously on Disney Plus, right? Yep. There you go. Plus their older content. According to Wikipedia, the service will be built around content from their main entertainment studios, which of course includes Walt Disney Pictures, Walt Disney Animation Studios, Pixar, Lucasfilm, Marvel Studios, National Geographic, Select Films from 20th Century Fox, Fox Searchlight Pictures, Hollywood Pictures, and Touchstone Pictures. Now they also own Hulu, and in the U.S., Hulu subscribers can get uh, Disney Plus as an add-on service. There's no Hulu in Canada yet. That may matter because Disney boss Bob Iger says Disney Plus will not have R-rated content. Hulu can run the R-rated content, but we don't have the Hulu. Uh. So we'd be screwed on something like Die Hard, which is a 20th Century Fox film, which is now owned by Disney. Now, there's a lot of questions, and I don't think there are answers there will be answers forthcoming as everything gets going. There are a myriad other Canadian issues right now because our Netflix has different stuff on it than U.S. Netflix. Plus, we've got Crave as a streaming service that must have titles from some of those other Disney entities. Uh, it'll just take a while to sort out. I think a lot of it will be, you know, letting contracts run their course. So maybe in Canada, Disney would lease their R-rated titles to a competitor like Crave, but... Not likely, because they're Disney, and I don't think they do that. Um, there have been other concerns about old R movies that don't fit the Disney brand. Never seen the light of day again. I've, I've read uh, from critics in the U.S. that are saying, you know, if you're worried, you might want to scroll through some the catalog of the stuff that Disney owns now and buy some physical Blu-rays of R-rated movies you like before Disney just stops producing them. Uh, but then again, you know... It might be a thing where we don't see them for a few years, but then they come back. Disney's done all sorts, even with their beloved classics. They used to lock them up in the vault. Yeah, it was a it was a weird strategy, but it worked for them. Oh yeah, it was always an event whenever Disney. Yeah, well, it still is an event because they released their what is it? What are they on the signature edition or diamond edition yeah. or platinum edition or I don't know Mercury edition? I don't know what they call yeah. them anymore. And that's with the stuff they like. And believe me when I tell you, they don't care about any of these Fox movies. They just it, there's. 
I mean, there's people at the company that like movies, but it's a big giant company that cares about making money first and foremost yeah. and making sure their brand is clean as a whistle all the time. So some of the stuff isn't going to fit in, but I also don't, I can't envision a world where you can't watch Die Hard on some streaming or a or have it on reruns on a cable channel or something like that? Well, I did read that the Hulu is going to come to Canada. There's just it's no official word on that. Disney was planning to bring it north of the border, but still no official word yeah. on when, if or when that's actually going to happen. So, again, a lot of questions that need to be ironed out, but it is a new frontier, so it simply is going to take a while for things to really be established right at the cusp of this stuff. And, again, companies buy and sell stuff all the time so who knows you just don't know what the future is going to hold at this point yeah that's so, disney plus okay disney plus that's uh after listening to <laughs> everything you said i now am maybe more compelled to look at disney plus as an option this next one no i don't know about this one because it doesn't it's only got original content and it's anchor show on apple tv plus which debuted on November 1st. The series debuted the star-studded show about a show, The Morning Show. Eight seconds to you. Cue her. Good morning. I'm bringing you some sad and upsetting news. And while I don't know the details of the allegations... She's throwing me under the bus. Mitch Kessler, my co-host and partner of 15 years, was fired today. You! We are facing the biggest crisis in our history. My life just ended for no good reason. We're in the middle of an epic rebirth. Her sell-by date expired years ago. I want you to start grooming some new people. I don't fit the mold. What mold is that? Any mold, really. Your show sucks. Thank you. It's barely news. I want wardrobe tests, screen tests, makeup tests. We need a contract. Where's legal? Ready? I'm ready. Most people want to trust that the person that is telling them about the world is an honest person. Like you. Yes. Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell anchor this show. Aniston plays Alex Levy, the anchor of The Morning Show, popular show based in Manhattan that has great ratings and is seen to have changed the face of American TV. Her partner of 15 years, Mitch Kessler, gets the boot after a sexual misconduct scandal, and in the wake of that, Alex has to fight to keep her job as top anchor. Watching a beloved woman's breakdown is timeless American entertainment. I just need to be able to control the narrative so that I'm not written out of it. And she has to fight for her job while sparking a rivalry with Bradley Jackson, who is played by Reese Witherspoon. Now, the series debuted again November 1st with three episodes. But it's going to be staggered the rest of the way on a weekly basis. Episode 4 aired on November 8th, and they will launch new episodes every Friday until the first season wraps up on December 20th. Now, the thing with this show is that it looks like it's trying to be a serious drama, prestige drama. But looking at the rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 61%. So some reviews I've read say that it's perfectly watchable. It's just not great. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, God, I love it. I like a ton of frivolous shows. Yeah. 
Sometimes you just want some fun. And That's right. It has to be fun with that cast, I would suspect. Now, where do you get Apple TV Plus? So if you have an Apple device and it has the Apple TV app, well, you now have access to Apple TV+. Plus. It's also supposed to be available on some competitor devices. Uh, the Apple TV app confirmed to be supported on smart TVs from Samsung. It's supposed to become available this year on Roku, Amazon's Fire TV devices, and smart TVs from Sony, LG, and Vizio. And subscribers will also be able to watch Apple TV Plus on the web at tv.apple.com. Just going to pull that up right now. And the thing is, if you have Android, then you're out of luck, at least in terms of using the app. The app is not going to be available on any mobile devices except iPhones or iPads. So the huge population of people with Android phones will need to stream to their mobiles via the web rather than in an app, which isn't a big deal. It's just probably the interface might be a little clunkier, but no problem. But yeah, when you go to their website, it says all Apple Originals. So that's it. So looking, Just Apple Originals. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you've got a new show called C, starring Jason Momoa. Right. And that's that kind of looks like a... Olden times, frontier times. Frontier yeah. times or caveman times? Uh, or somewhere in between. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I didn't really... I, see, no, the I thing mean, is, I didn't look s- no, super hard into this. No, I'm not going to get it. I'm, yeah, exactly. I just there, there are already enough options out there. But some of them, like Dickinson is a show starring Haley Steinfeld, and I really like her. There's a show called For All Mankind. Uh, just pulling this up right show? now. No, <laughs> it's a space show. Imagine a world where the global space race never ended. Mm. This what-if take on history from Ronald D. Moore spots, spotlights the lives of NASA astronauts, the heroes and rock stars of their time, and their families. And there's a picture of an astronaut on the moon with a Soviet flag looking down at That's Earth. Cool. So that's kind of cool. And Apple TV Plus is only 6 bucks a month compared to the 9 for Disney and the 15 or whatever it is for Netflix at this point. So it really doesn't cost you hardly anything to, to try it, which I guess is why they've probably priced it that low because they've got such few offerings and only originals or whatever that it's like, hey, if we make it really, you know, no one's going to miss $6 a month to come look at it for a month. Yeah, and, I mean, they're going to have all kinds of programs. There's children pro- children's programming here. There, yeah, I see. There's Snoopy in Space. That's cool. Uh, Oprah's Book Club. So, I mean, they've got some, what by the looks of it, quality programming. Here's a show called Truth Be Told, and it stars uh, Octavia Spencer and Aaron Paul. Uh, descend into the world of true crime podcasts. New evidence compels podcaster Poppy Parnell to reopen the murder case that made her a media sensation. Aaron Paul stars as the man she may have wrongfully put behind bars. So the shows sound great, but do I want to pay for a service that only has original shows when I can watch original shows on cable, on Netflix, on Disney Plus. Then you don't have nearly enough time to watch anyways. Plus I like watching I, I like watching my old favorites. Yeah. And do that. And I've also been, you know, watching movies I've never seen before from thirty years ago that I should have got to. So yeah, it's hard to get excited about something like that. Next year though, the HBO Max comes out, so that'll have all the HBO stuff, but it also has all the Warner Brothers stuff. 
Oh, nice. And that's, now that's a movie catalog. And for me, it's almost sort of worth it alone just to watch like the 40 Clint Eastwood movies that'll be included in that. Yeah, that's a good one too. I mean, HBO right now, if you're a subscriber, you can already watch pretty much all of their stuff yeah. on demand through your cable. But uh, to maybe, the, oh, I wonder if they're going to switch all that. And their old shows and stuff like from years past, like all Sopranos and stuff like that. Uh, they better not them. take it off of their cable subscription and move it onto the app. Although maybe you if might you get pay, both. Yeah, if you pay for the HBO subscription already, you might yeah, have access to that streaming. I don't think I've announced all that yet. Yeah. And then still, to, and also I guess I would also include Friends because that was a Warner Brothers show. Oh, my God. And then still to come, I don't think they've, I really don't think they've announced anything yet, but I know they're working on it, is uh, NBC slash Universal. Oh, yeah. Which is right. another, so between, so that's Universal, Warner Brothers, we already got Disney and Fox. It's almost all the movies right there. Yeah, never mind. CBS has their own, and yeah, there there's too many, and it's getting like how do you it, it, how do you justify having cable and subscribing to all of these streaming services? But getting to the point where you have to kind of pick. Yeah, and then I don't. There's you know competition laws and uh, monopoly laws and stuff like that, but you sort of think that down the road some of these things will just merge together eventually anyways because you'll want it like that and it's also interesting that with this morning show as well as the mandalorian where they're not you don't get the whole season at once mandalorian's doing an episode a week yeah now it'll be interesting to see if they keep that going with all the new shows or if they're just doing that now to you know stop people from ordering it for one month and then quitting it right away is kind of thing but like i do yeah whenever exactly. i try a new streaming service like at least at least we can make them watch for two months if we drag it out up next we're going back to the butler verse to see what's on home video you're listening to the couch potatoes what is that get the president in the water agent banning is charged with the attempted murder of the president of the united states there's somebody else behind us it wasn't me can't hide from us. Don't worry about finding me. I'll find you. Angel has fallen. Rated R. August 23rd. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. That's Angel Has Fallen, starring Gerard Butler and Morgan Freeman. It comes to digital HD on Tuesday, November 12th. Uh, I saw it in theater because I saw the, the other two are on Netflix, the first two. This is the third one in a trilogy, of course, after Olympus Has Fallen and London Has Fallen. I think I gave it three out of five couch cushions. I do recall saying, don't waste your money in the theater. Wait till it comes home, and now you can do that on Tuesday. This fascination with the Butlerverse <laughs> has become, I think, fascinating is the word to use, because you have always hated yes. Gerard Butler. Now I can... I wouldn't. I don't know how to. He's he 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 fascinates me. He's just a very interesting screen presence. I find yeah. he's got some weird natural charisma where you look at it and it just shouldn't work. As like he's not. He's he looks ugly, isn't he ugly? Like I, I don't. I don't. I mean, wow. <laughs> it's mean to see. It's mean to say, but. I'm just, you know, abiding by the rules of Hollywood. This guy should not be an action star. Anyway, and the movies are terrible for the most part, and he's not great in them. And he chooses he chooses scenery a lot, which is entertaining in its own way. And he does have some sort of the, that thing you just can't put your finger on that the best actors, not the best actors, that the best movie stars have. Yeah. And that he makes it work for him, and he keeps getting work, so something's happening. It was a big hit movie, too. I don't know. I think he's kind of... Kind of rugged he and is. handsome, I guess. Did I, you ever see Three Hundred? So. No. Oh my! Yeah, well, okay. No Butler verse. <laughs> no venture. We're saving into that the one for the end. Okay. Yeah. I still got to uh, watch Law Abiding Citizen and Hunter Killer. 
Oh, Hunter Killer. That's the submarine movie, and uh, Law Abiding Citizen is where he he plays. I think and he was. Is that where he like blows know. a bunch of stuff up? Law sure. enforcement up. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's a there's something where he's a preacher too. I think. Okay. That's and then and then I got to rewatch Geostorm because that's the best. That's <laughs> that is peak Butler, you guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you still got to watch Three Hundred as well. Three Hundred <laughs> is cool. Uh, okay, so that's uh, digital HD, November twelfth, yep. and then what do we have on Blu-ray, DVD, and on demand? Good Boys, that's the R-rated movie about the 13-year-old kid starring Vancouver's Jacob Tremblay. The Peanut Butter Falcon, I really like that movie. That's a sort of a buddy road trip movie starring Shia LaBeouf, Dakota Johnson, and Zach Gutsagan. Angry Birds Movie 2, The Farewell, which I've not seen, but I keep seeing it in the awards thing. So that if you're into that, that might be something to check out. I should try and check that out. And then the box set of the complete... 12-year run of the Big Bang Theory comes out if you're looking for an insane Christmas gift for someone. Oh, does it come in like a fancy box? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just looking at that Now, who who's got the time to watch 12 seasons of Big Bang Theory again? Uh, if it's well, your favorite fans, show and you've been waiting for it, there it is. I'm just looking to, uh, it doesn't, oh, yeah, well, okay. Yeah, it doesn't, I'm not, not seeing like fancy a fancy. Not as fancy as the Blu-rays at my Lost Box that came yeah. in. That was amazing. Yeah, that was like opening a board game. Yeah, that was, there's secret compartments in that thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, I kind of want to get it just for that. <laughs> Up next on the Couch Potatoes, Jeff is going to tell you about a parasite. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes, and in case you missed our November movie preview... <laughs> Parasite was among the featured films, and of course it's a Korean film. That was a clip of that. Um, The movie's directed by Bong Joon-ho. He made The Host, Snowpiercer, and a movie called Okja. I'm definitely going to watch that Snowpiercer now. It's on on Netflix. Oh, that movie is sensational. Yeah? There is, I will point out, there is a a gross thing in it, but I don't remember any gross violence. There is just something where... It kind of make, makes you sick to your stomach. Is it the sort of thing where I can see it coming in the half a second ahead of time to avert my eyes? Probably. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, very good movie. That And that movie too, sorry to just completely derail you, which is an apt word to use because it's about a train. Yeah. But uh, that movie, many saw it as it should have been nominated for all kinds of Oscars. Really? And it got nothing. And it starts so. Captain America. Yep. That's yeah. right. Captain America. And uh, the, uh, the original... Mystic one or whatever they called her from Doctor Strange. Tilda, Tilda Swinton. Swinton. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So the master. There. Bong Joon-ho is a he's a highly acclaimed Korean director. Those familiar with him though say Parasite's his best one yet, and I thought it was pretty amazing. The more I think about it, the more impressed I am. Uh, I'm going to be purposely vague because the fun in this movie is not having any preconceived notion of where the story is going, which is what. I had heard before I saw it, so I sort of tried to ignore anything about it. All I'll say is a very poor young man who lives with his very poor family in Seoul gets a job working for a rich family. The two families become entwined in a story that you don't see coming. There are several things happening at once in this movie. There is the literal story of what happens to all these people, and it is a ripping yarn, to say the least. Left turns taking left turns, and oh, you won't be able to see where it's going. I sort of tried to guess some things and just 
was caught off guard all throughout the movie. While a lot of movies with twists rely on lying to the audience or committing some sort of storytelling cheat to pull off a trick, this is not the case here. It's just incredibly well-plotted and well-written. There's another level to everything as well, as Bong definitely delivers some social commentary with these proceedings. There are no long, boring speeches, though, about the rich and the poor. It's all just woven into the story. It's somehow not in your face, but also the entire point of the movie. Both sides are portrayed as both good and bad in certain respects, so it's a bit of a magic trick how he pulls that off. And then on top of everything else, there's the tone of this movie. I guess if you forced me to pick a category, I'd call it a thriller, but it's also incredibly funny at times, and it's very dramatic at other times, and I, literally on IMDb, it's it's classified as a comedy-slash-drama-slash-thriller. So... I don't know. I, I would call it a thriller. If if depends on your sense. People are sensitive to some things, so know what you know about thrillers going into that. All of these different areas will blend perfectly together, and there are just so many disparate things going on at once, but it all makes sense together. It sinks its hooks in you early, too, because you're like, it's just right away, it's just like, oh, my God, really? That's what that guy's going to do? Okay. And, it just, and from there, it just takes it over and... It's endlessly compelling, I thought. It helps, of course, that because it's in Korean, and if you don't speak Korean, you have to read the subtitles, and subtitles have a way of forcing you to be engaged with whatever you're watching, especially in a theater when their other distractions are limited to begin with. But you got to, you know stay focused and because you're reading along. The movie looks great. There's a lot of cool shots, but it's not flashy or anything. It is mostly set, though, in a house, and it's important to sort of lay out the geography of the house early and then shoot things in a way where the audience doesn't get distracted trying to figure out what part of the house your characters are in. I mean, that's pretty basic filmmaking, but if you screw it up, you can really damage a movie. There's been a lot of award buzz about Parasite. It won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. That's one of the most prestigious film awards on the planet. The most prestigious, I guess, of course, is the Oscar, and the Oscar watch nerds that I read and listen to say Parasite's definitely in the conversation this year. I don't know that it, I would bet on it to win Best Picture, but I would say Bong has got to be a front runner in the screenplay category. I highly recommend heading out to see it again. It does have the subtitles, but please don't let that you keep from watching it. I'll give it four and a half Coach Christians out of five, Brett. The subtitle thing, I I, Some people, I, almost, I almost get angry. And I know I shouldn't because it's just personal preference. If you don't like watching stuff with subtitles, then don't watch it. But yeah. sometimes, you know, I'll say to somebody, okay, like, let's watch. Like, I tried to get someone to watch Trapped, that Icelandic show yeah, that yeah, I yeah. adore. And... Nope. No subtitles, not doing it. They, they they sat through an episode, but I could tell that as soon as they saw subtitles <laughs> that the lights went out. They checked out mentally, picked up their phone and started doing other things. So I was just like, oh, but you're just, you're denying yourself of greatness here because of your aversion yeah. to the subtitle. That's funny. I rewatched Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards in the summer. That movie is at least half subtitled. And you never, no one ever even mentions that because it's Tarantino. So, I mean, it's easy to get over it. And 10 minutes in, you forget that it's even really happening. Well, and I guess, too, with that movie, its primary language was English, right? It's, I don't know. There's like 20-minute sections that are all in German and stuff. Okay. Yeah. I got to watch that movie again. I have it's long. that opening <laughs> scene with uh, Christoph Waltz where he's uh, trying to ferret out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the his the Jew Jewish people he was looking for, uh, man, that was tense. It was so tense. <laughs> okay, I got to watch that again one day, probably never. I did watch an ambitious new show on HBO this week. It debuted on Monday, November fourth. His Dark Materials. His Dark Materials. What's that? Well, 
Remember the 2007 movie with Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig called The Golden Compass? There is a world where witches rule the northern skies, where ice bears are the bravest of warriors, and where every human is joined with an animal spirit who is as close to them as their own heart. Are we going to see the child? I should think so. But this world is dominated by the Magisterium, which seeks to control all humanity, and whose greatest threat is a golden compass and the one child destined to possess it. Well, it's that. That movie was based on the first book of Philip Pullman's award-winning trilogy of books. There was supposed to be a trilogy of films, but the movie was not well-received. Didn't do well in North America with only $70 million, although it did make a worldwide total of $372 million. That's pretty good. But uh, they just canceled it. So now we have a TV series starring James McAvoy. Gentlemen, there is a war raging right now with the Magisterium between those trying to keep us in ignorance and those willing to fight for truth and freedom. Who will stand with me? This kind of heresy is of the highest priority to the Magisterium. I need to know where he's going and what he intends to achieve. As you heard, this is a world where every person has an animal spirit, i.e. they walk around with an animal of some sort and it's bound to the person, so if you hurt the animal, you hurt the person. Essentially... Your soul is represented in the form of this animal, which they actually call a demon, although it's spelled D-A-E-M-O-N. The first season follows Lyra, played by Daphne Keene. She is looking for a kidnapped friend and uncovers a sinister plot. For a child. Lyra, the master's asked if I can find a place for you. And I want you as my assistant. You're an explorer too? Just like my uncle? I can teach you to wield power, but you must let me mold you. We believe there is an organization that is stealing children and taking them north. Sometimes children can just disappear. The clip said Lyra, but I forgot and called her Lyra. And I even watched the episode this week, so shows you how much I pay attention to stuff. I'm stupid. Anyway, all that leads to the Golden Compass. I promised to do everything I could to protect you from harm. This, it's an alithiometer. It is illegal unless approved by the Magisterium. What does it do? It tells you the truth. The cast also includes Clark Peters from The Wire, Ruth Wilson from The Affair, and Lin-Manuel Miranda from most things these days. The Magisterium have muscle. I would ask where I could obtain the services of an armored bear. Yorick Bernison. I'm ready to fight. These people need our help, Yorick. Let's go give it. His Dark Materials, once again, it debuted Monday, November 4th, and the first season's going to be eight episodes with a finale on December 22nd. I gotta first point out, I am not familiar with the source material. I have not read the books. All I have to go on is the movie for The Golden Compass, so really I only know one-third of the story, and by no I mean I remember parts of the movie. And this show 
so far is definitely an improvement on that film. That movie looked good, and in fact, it won the Oscar for Best Visual Effects that year, but it was a clunker of a movie. There is a lot of story to unpack in this first episode, so and just, I guess, the, the season. So to cram all that story into two hours, it's tough to do that well, make that transition from book to film. So now you've got a TV show, so they can take their time to set everything up and get acquainted with this world. And just like the movie, the visual effects are spectacular. HBO really does spare no expense when it comes to visual effects. This show is just gorgeous. And not just the effects, but the sets, the costumes, it's all just magnificent. But the first episode, like the movie... It was a tad clunky. Lots of exposition, some stiff performances. James McAvoy, for example, seemed a tad stiff. Although I think maybe that was just bad direction or a bad script or bad choice of music. I don't know. It just Some of his scenes just didn't work for me. Daphne Keene as Lyra is tremendous, playing a girl who is precocious and anxious to get out into the world. You also may remember her as the scary little girl in Logan who uh, oh, yeah, was yeah. V- quite vicious with her claws. She was good in that. Yeah, she was great. Uh, it's just a fascinating world. The idea that our souls are represented in the form of these demons, these talking animals, who change into different animals when you're a kid until they settle on a chosen form for the rest of your days. And I'm excited to see the armored polar bears. They looked cool in the movie, and from the glimpses they showed of the bears in the trailer for this, they look great as well. So I want to see more. I'm going to keep watching. And that's a solid one-two punch for HBO now on Sundays and Mondays with these big, expansive shows. You've got Watchmen on Sundays, which three episodes in, I still have no clue really what's going on. No, but it's good. I love it. I've been... there's a podcast that I listen to with Damon Lindelof, and he doesn't really explain anything that he doesn't want to explain, but it's 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 all good. Yeah, I've been enjoying it a lot, too, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. And now on Mondays with his Dark Materials. So that's on HBO. If you missed it and are a subscriber, you can certainly catch up on both of those on demand. Up next, a CGI James Dean. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. And I can't believe I'm saying this, Brett, but there's news today about James Dean. Well, I don't think that I want to learn that way. Well, it doesn't matter anyway because we're moving. I'm not tearing me loose again. Well, this is news to me. Just why are we moving? Oh, do I have to spell you it out? You are not going to use me as an excuse again. I don't. Every time you can't face yourself, you blame it on me. That is not true, You say it's because of me, you say it's because of the neighborhood. No, you use every other phony excuse. Mom, I just, once, I want to do something right. And I don't want you to run away from me again. James Dean has been dead for 64 years, but the Rebel Without a Cause actor has now been cast in a new film about the Vietnam War. The filmmakers behind the independent film Finding Jack said this week a computer-generated Dean will play a co-starring role in their upcoming production. The digital Dean is to be assembled through old footage and photos and voiced by another actor. Now, digitally manipulated posthumous performances have made some inroads into film, but those have largely been roles the actors already played, including, you know, Carrie Fisher and Peter Cushing in Star Wars movies. The prospect of one of the movie's most beloved former stars being digitally resurrected has met widespread criticism after the news was first reported this week by The Hollywood Reporter. And it seems like a dumb idea to me. Yeah, I don't I don't like this at all. <laughs> I, I understand you, and you mentioned them. I was thinking it. Immediately I thought Rogue One, yeah. where they brought back Peter Cushing. 
I think they, for the most part, got it right, and I didn't have a problem with that because he was integral to the story. So right. that the fact that they were able to do it in a way that was mostly convincing, yeah. I think, is cool. But to just randomly decide to cast a dead actor <laughs> in a new movie... It's unnecessary. Well, the possibilities are intriguing. What does that mean for current actors? Like, are they just going to make all actors CG yeah. at some point? Hey, so they don't have is... to pay $50 million to Robert Downey Jr.? But it will cost thirty million to make the computer do all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. But I don't know. It's this is like the lesson that they never learn in Jurassic Park. It's like your scientists only uh, were only concerned whether they could do something, never whether they should do something. <laughs> like how, it's it's not even Jurassic Park. It's like most sci-fi stories yep. have that at the core somewhere. It's like so I don't know why we're following this in real life. I watched a trailer this week for a movie that I'm really excited about. Now Elizabeth Moss stars in The Invisible Man. As the attorney representing Adrian's trust, I'm required to read a prepared statement. Cecilia, although our relationship was far from perfect, I thought that you would talk to me rather than run away. Are you okay? What happened to him? He cut his wrist. Per his final wishes, you're getting $5 million. Contingent, of course, on the fine print. It can't be ruled to be mentally incompetent. Okay, so first of all, remember Universal's Dark Universe? Sort of. 2017, Universal launched its own cinematic universe with The Mummy, starring Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe. That movie was meant to set up this dark universe, interconnected films with all the famous Universal monsters. Well, that movie basically failed, and the dark universe died. There was supposed to be an Invisible Man movie starring Johnny Depp in that dark universe, but those plans got squished, and now we have this one with Elizabeth Moss. And I think it looks really good it looks creepy and it, it's a like a psychological thriller like he, she's being stalked universal still moving ahead with new movies featuring hmm. their monsters but their movies aren't going to be connected anymore instead uh. they're doing these as they, as they call them filmmaker driven movies <laughs> this one is directed by lee Wanell, whom you might remember from co-starring in the first saw movie he was the guy chained up across from the dread pirate roberts and i do like that this one looks scary because these are monsters these are horror characters the mummy was more of an action thriller i didn't mind that mummy movie i enjoyed tom cruise in it i just didn't love it it was forgettable fluff and did not leave me wanting more of the dark universe but i do want to see the invisible man especially since it stars elizabeth moss who is tremendous it opens on february 28th and that is all the time we have i'm brett he's jeff we are the couch potatoes make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already follow us on twitter at couch potato 68 Jeff's the only one who updates that. I never touch it. I should probably start looking at that. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.